It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we played well today, tonight, uh, today, whatever, for uh, three quarters and just in a four no, but that's the most important time you have to, you know, be able to you know, execute and you know, make shots, and uh, we didn't. So, you know, credit to them. They, they picked it up when they needed to, and it's a care of business. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. We're recording here on August 24th, 2020. This will be August 25th episode. My name is Philip Rosson. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You, of course, find me on Twitter at underscore omd On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to break down the Orlando Magic's 121-106 loss, a heartbreaking defeat in Game 4 of their series with the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll... Talk a little bit about what the big picture implications of it all are as the writing on the wall appears to be on for the series. We're not giving up. We're not We're not saying that Game 5 is, is, is over. We're not saying the series is over, but uh, definitely not looking so hot for our Orlando Magic. We'll get to all that coming up in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Milwaukee Bucks following this game? Check out Locked On Bucks. They'll have complete coverage of this game as well as perhaps looking a little bit ahead to their potential series against the Miami Heat. Um, you can check out Locked On Heat for a recap of their win over the Indiana Pacers as every other Eastern Conference playoff series is now officially over, except for the Magic and the Bucks, were the only Eastern series playing at this point. Download these podcasts, whether it's the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College Tube, wherever you download podcasts today to search for a Locked On in the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. I, I don't really know where the right place to start is with this. Um, you know, I assume if you listen to this podcast, you know what happened. I don't have to recap everything blow by blow. But the Orlando Magic played a heck of a game. They were as sharp defensively as they were in Game 1. They were in tune with the game plan. They played with the energy and effort that we've been looking for since that Game 1 victory. Um, game 2 had good effort, but they didn't have the shot making. Game 3, just they dropped the ball. Game four, they played with the effort and intensity they needed on both ends. They made shots, you know, maybe not early, maybe not all the time, but they made shots for the most part. And they did what was absolutely necessary in this series. They gave themselves a chance to win. They never let Milwaukee get too far away from them. They stayed in the fight. They made the Bucks work for every single thing. And they made it very, very difficult. Um, you know, I, I remember what Steve Clifford said at the end of last year's playoff series against the Toronto Raptors where he said the disappointment he had 
was that the Magic didn't make it more difficult for the Raptors. That Yes, they lost in five. The Raptors were an incredible team and eventual champions. But Steve Clifford made it very, very clear that he believed his team could have competed and done better in that playoff series. Certainly, with the exception of Game 3, I think that we could say that that this Magic team, and we'll see what happens in Game 5, obviously, that this Magic team has competed. They've made it very, very hard for the Bucs to get what they want done. And they've made the Bucs work. Again, every other playoff series has been a sweep except for the Magic here in the Eastern Conference. The Magic made the Bucs work. And that is not a victory. Let's be clear. There are no moral victories when you're in the playoffs. When you're in the playoffs... You expect, you have to enter the series expecting that you can win. Um, and you have to enter games like this, must win games like this, expecting that you can win. The Magic very clearly had that belief. They gave themselves that opportunity. But at the end of the day, they didn't have enough. At the end of the day, it's not that the Magic let go of the rope. It's not that the effort waned. It's not that anything else happened. It's the execution wasn't there. The Magic just didn't have enough to finish the job. Down by three, entering the fourth quarter, the Milwaukee Bucks proceeded to go on an 18-2 run. Chris Middleton scored 19 of his 22 points in the fourth quarter, or 18 of his 21 points in the fourth quarter. And the Magic, while defending okay, gave up all those shots without the answer, without an answer for it. Okay, maybe the Bucks hit 1-3, maybe the Bucks extend that lead out to 9, but you have to have an answer. And the Magic couldn't generate that answer. The shots that they've been hitting so consistently and so well throughout the course of the game, the intensity and effort and, and execution that they played on offense uh, to relieve the pressure that the Bucks were putting on their guards suddenly disappeared. Orlando made some bad decisions in the paint, which is such a critical part of playing the Milwaukee Bucks, is knowing when to shoot in the paint when the lane is open or when to use use that to kick the ball out or find open shooters elsewhere to find that outlet. The Magic made poor paint decisions. And that opened the door for the Bucks to go on the break. That opened the door for Middleton to hit those transition threes that he is so good at. That opened the door for Kyle Korver, for Pat Connaughton, for anyone on the Bucks to make their baskets. Most importantly, it prevented the Magic from getting their defense set. Most important thing that they needed to do in this entire series, make the Bucks play a half-court game. So when that happened, the Magic were largely good. The Magic made everyone on that Bucks team work. The Bucks certainly played better than they did in Game 1. They got more supporting cast help before entering the fourth quarter, But Orlando was in the fight. Orlando was in the game. It was in their grasp. And they dropped the ball. Uh, I think that on that fourth quarter, they went on that run. And um, we made too many mistakes down the the stretch time. When we uh, needed to be locked in the most, uh, we made too many errors on our behalf. And they took advantage of them. They're a really good team. And you can't make mistakes against teams like that, you know, in in, in critical moments. So um, I think we shot ourselves in the foot with that in the fourth. It is certainly good to hear that kind of personal responsibility from Markel Fultz, who had a fantastic game, but he does have a very good point. 
the Magic shot themselves in the foot. They did not play the kind of perfect game that they did in game one. And certainly after game one, they all understood there were things they needed to be better at and things they needed to improve at that has taken them a little while to improve. Orlando gave up eight offensive rebounds, a lot of them early. That helped Milwaukee stake to a little bit of a lead. It kind of took the Magic out of their rhythm. Orlando shot just 41.4%, and it was up around 43% entering the third quarter. While Orlando did make 18 of 45 three-pointers for 40%, that was a big difference in the game. They turned the ball over 16 times, and those 16 turnovers turned into 17 points. Not a huge number by any stretch of the imagination. The Orlando Magic still played some great defense. But these are missed opportunities. And you can go on down the line with missed opportunity after missed opportunity. Big play that Milwaukee made, not necessarily to change the momentum, but to stem the tide or to stop the Magic from getting a lead or just free points, just what what you could aptly describe as stolen points. At the end of the second quarter, Wesley Matthews banked in a three that gave Milwaukee, I believe it was a six-point lead. At the end of the third quarter, Wesley Matthews again hit a three. Then he stole the inbounds passes. Orlando tried to get over the top of the defense with about three or four seconds left. And Kyle Korver missed a three that very well could have gone in. These are stolen points. 50-50 balls, loose balls, rebounds, three-pointers when the shot when the clock is low. Stolen points. The kind of little plays, the plays that don't necessarily show up in the box score is significant that matter in these playoff games. Look, we've said it from the very beginning of the series. When I spoke with Kane Pittman of Locked on Bucks to when I spoke with Stephen Cameron of the Close-Up Magic yesterday for our mid-series checkup, the Magic's margin for error here is extremely tiny. The Magic played a great game, and they still were trailing for most of this game. Not far enough where they were out of it, They made plays to keep themselves in the game and stay in contact, but they were chasing this game the entire way. And that's not where the Magic want to be. They had to fight and scratch and claw just to have a chance. And eventually it became too much. There's plenty to say about a lot of things. We'll get into the box score here in a moment. Certainly, you can question some of Steve Clifford's coaching decisions and tactical decisions. Um, Again, the game plan, I think, is really good. I think the Magic have a strong game plan. The question is, do they have the players to execute it? With the way Nikola Vucevic and Markel Fultz were playing, it was hard to say that they shouldn't have been in the entire fourth quarter. In fact, I I believe I said toward the end of the third quarter, I'd steal Vucevic maybe two minutes of rest at the end of the third quarter because he's got to play the entire fourth. When Steve Clifford came out... um, came out of the fourth quarter uh, of the third quarter uh, huddle uh, to start the fourth quarter with Vucevic still on the bench. Down by three, I can get it. He's trying to maybe steal a few more minutes of rest for a star center. The deficit is manageable, but it got unmanageable very, very quickly. Not having James Ennis on Chris Middleton, relying on Evan Fournier, who's n- who ha- is not great defensively, but can hold his own was a mistake. Chris Middleton has had a history of just shooting over Evan Fournier. And, you know, after struggling so much in the series, he's one for nine through three quarters in this game. He got hot. And Evan Fournier is not the kind of defender that's going to slow down a guy who's hot. Running the ball through DJ Augustine instead of Markel Fultz with the game that Markel Fultz was having. I don't mind, I don't blame necessarily 
relying on Augustine and trusting Augustine. He's proven to be trustworthy this series. He's had a better series overall than Fultz, but Fultz had it today. The Magic's bet is essentially that Fultz at his best is better than anything else they have and the only chance they have to win. And it is not a coincidence that Fultz's two best games have come in the games that the Magic have had the best chance of winning. They needed to run through Fultz. And frankly, and that's a point I'm sure I will make shortly after the season ends, I've already got the column title written, it is time to turn the keys over to him. It is time to trust Fultz to score. It's time to trust Fultz to lead. It is you, you got no other choice, it feels like, at this point. And that didn't happen. Clifford, I'm sure, has, and I, I can certainly argue, all the reasons why he made the decisions he made. The late game, the closing lineup for the Magic was Augustine, Fultz, Fournier, Ross, and Vucevic. And they, he did that simply because he needed offense down by 16. He needed guys who could shoot, and that was a desperation ploy. So give Clifford at least a little credit for going a little bit desperate, for, get, for, for showing a little bit of desperation. But again, at the end of the day, Orlando needed more. At the end of the day, these plays hurt. Orlando was unable to stop the bleeding. Milwaukee took it to Orlando. And once again, the Magic found themselves on their back foot. I don't want to fault the fight. The Magic played a heck of a game. They made Milwaukee work a lot. And that's part of the goal here. If you're going to go down, go down swinging. But that's not the result we want. This is a time of year where only results matter. And frankly, any game the Magic have a chance to win in this series, they need to. And we need to expect them to win. And that's what makes this loss so bitterly disappointing. We'll run through the final box score here in a moment. The Orlando Magic fall to the Milwaukee Bucks, 121-106. to Playoff basketball can be very stressful for fans, for anyone. Just like work can be very stressful. And everyone needs the support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA, for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's 
Let's run through the final box score for you. Definitely a lot to talk about in this game as the Orlando Magic fall to the Milwaukee Bucks, 121 to 106. Actually a lower margin than game three, but I think we can all agree game three was by far the worst game. Game four, the Magic, again, played very, very well for about three and a half quarters. That first half of the fourth quarter when Milwaukee went on an 18-2 run uh, was really killer. Um, you know, the Magic just couldn't stem the bleeding or stem the tide. A lot of that, frankly, with the bench in and, and again, just once once Chris Middleton got rolling. I mean, Chris Middleton has always been the potential difference in this series. There's there, there, there's not much the Magic can do if he's rolling. Um, you know, they want, frankly, frankly, they want Giannis on the ball, but not attacking the basket. Um, and, and that's what they've done a really good job of in this series, and especially in this game. Although, again, Giannis has a gaudy stat line, but I think the Magic would be were very happy uh, generally with the defense that they played on him. The Orlando Magic led in scoring by Nikola Vucevic, probably his best all-around game of the series. 31 points, that's saying something with this series. 31 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. 11 for 20 shooting, 6 for 10 from beyond the arc. There, there's not a whole lot more that we can say about Nikola Vucevic at this point. Um, the Bucks are giving him that mid-range jumper that he likes, and he is taking advantage of it. But it's not just that he's taking advantage of it. He's putting himself in spots that are difficult for the Bucks to cover, and he's shooting with just supreme confidence. Um, this is what an all-star is supposed to do in a playoff series, um, and especially considering the kind of narrative that he had to shake off from last year when he struggled so much with Marcus Gasol. And again, that's not to say he wouldn't have struggled had the Magic faced up against the Raptors. This is this is a really impressive performance from Nikola Vucevic. Um, you know, I, I am starting to think, you know, this might be one of the best individual series that we've seen from a Magic player. Certainly like Dwight Howard against the Hawks um, as far as first round losses go. Penny versus the Heat in 97. Um you know, certainly every single T-Mac series, um, you know, T-Mac versus the Pistons in 03 before, before Tayshaun Prince got on him was, was pretty ridiculous. Um, you know, Dwight against the Cavs was a re- he was really good. Um, honestly, Dwight against the Celtics in 09 as well was really was a really strong series. Um, Vucevic is, is, you know, I, I, I've been saying that Vucevic is certainly deserving to be among the greatest players in Magic history. He's certainly in the top 10. I'm not about to argue that he's in the top four and certainly, you know, maybe not even the top five, but... This kind of playoff series is cementing him as as one of the best players to ever put on a Magic uniform. And, um, you know, again, I know that he represents a very dark time in Magic history. Uh, you know, we're not going to hide from that, and that certainly affects his legacy. But he is really stepping up for this team and, and playing at a very, very high level. There's there's not much more I think the Magic can ask of Nikola Vucevic at this point. Um, you know, even his defense. I know he gets criticized a lot for his defense. His defense has been really good. He's had at least two or three play times where he's knocked the ball out of Antetokounmpo's hands and off his knee out of bounds. I mean, he had two blocks in this game too, including a really nasty one uh, on Pat Connaughton, I believe, uh, or at least Dante DiVincenzo. Um, and, um, I, 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 I re- I've been really impressed with Vucevic. You know, I, y'all know I probably support and defend Vucevic as much as anyone. Um, I, I don't hide from that. Um, you know, I, I, I like the guy and B, I think, I think he and several other players on this team have just been cast in roles that, that, that they're not ready for or, or capable of handling. Um, and we'll get to that in a moment. Um, but Vucevic, Vucevic is playing just so exceptionally well. Um, that, that's, that's really the only way to describe it. I just talked four minutes about Nikola Vucevic, so I'm going to move on a little bit here. 
Um, Markel Fultz, a really fantastic game as well. 15 points, 6 for 15 shooting, 2 for 4 from beyond the arc, 5 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, 3 turnovers. Um, Fultz, is, Fultz really controls the pace of this game. Um, you know, I, I thought that he came out with a really good attack mindset, did a good job shaking off Eric Bledsoe, good job, especially, and this is, this is a big part about playing against pressure, getting into the offense quickly. The Magic got into their initial sets very, very quickly um, and gave themselves a chance. Um, you know, not only get, not, 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 not just giving themselves a chance, but really did a good job being in a position to score and to, and to run their offense effectively. And Fultz did a good job, for the most part, with his rim decisions and his paint decisions, good job attacking the basket. And when he got the open three, he made them. So, you know, this was, I, I felt like this was Fultz's best game of the series. It was good to see him step up in such a big spot. And again, like I said earlier, it's time to turn the keys over to him. I mean, I, I get it that Augustine's the veteran, you trust him, and, and he's had no reason to forsake that trust. But the gamble the Magic are making is that Fultz is their best chance to win. That they are they their only chance to win really is if Fultz is playing at a high level like he was in Game Four. Um, it, you got to trust him uh, when he when he's on the floor. It's his show to run, and, and I really think that that's that's a big thing. That, that I mean, we know that has to happen eventually, but that that feels like a big thing that has to happen sooner rather than later. Terrence Ross off the bench with 19 points, eight rebounds. Had a really good rebounding series actually. Six for 13 shooting, one for only one for eight from beyond the arc. Um, I thought Ross did a good job reading screens for the most part. Obviously, when he was kind of chucking threes, he's chucking threes. Um, you know, the Magic need his three-point shooting. And again, going one for eight, that's probably a big reason why the Magic lost this game. Just because, you know, so much of what they do is gar- is geared to get Ross those three-pointers. Um, but but he did a really good job reading and getting inside the paint a little bit more, hitting mid-range jumpers. You know, I think Ross Ross needed some time, has still needed some time to adjust and figure out Milwaukee's defense, but he's largely had a very good series. So... Again, you know, you want to see that three-point percentage a little bit better because the Magic have such little shooting, and, and Ross isn't doing a lot of spot-up shooting. Um, but but he's been on the attack and, and done a very, very good job overall. Gary Clark, 12 points, 4 for 8 shooting, all from beyond the arc. Um, his defense on Giannis, I thought, was was pretty good. You know, maybe lost a half-step uh, for stretches in the second half. Um, but Gary Clark has done yeoman's work in this series. Um, you know, obviously the difference between the Magic winning and losing some of these games has been Gary Clark's ability to shoot threes. The The Bucks want Gary Clark to shoot threes. Uh, and if he makes a couple early ones, especially, that changes a lot of things. He made a couple early ones here. That that really helped the team a lot. Let's dive into Evan Fournier's game then. Evan Fournier, another difficult game. 12 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 blocks. Um, but 4 for 14 shooting, 3 for 9 from beyond the arc. Um... The thing we know about Evan Fournier um, is he does tend to force his game a little bit. Um, you know, he is some when he's hunting for a shot, especially off the dribble, he tends to take kind of wild floaters, and, and those are the exact shots the Bucks want you to take. Um, he is he's he's had his struggles, and he's admitted that he's not really in rhythm uh, and hasn't been since coming back from from the illness. Um, you know, he's he's not hiding from that. He freely admits that. You can go listen to his. A post game presser uh, on on OrlandoMagic.com, and again, kudos to him. You know, he he always keeps it real about about his self assessments. You know, I, I I do you have to respect that about him. But he's he's just struggling so much. Um, you know, in the same way that it was last year, the Magic need him to make threes, um, open threes especially. Um, they have such little shooting, uh, and and the Bucks especially are going to give up such such few opportunities to shoot from beyond the arc with clean looks. When you get them, you got to make them. And when you're, you know, when your team that is so devoid of shooting, 
you got to have a guy that's making three-pointers. Um, and Fournier, again, Fournier is the first to admit it. He is not delivering for the team in the way that his team needs. Um, he, he will be the first to tell you that. Um, it's, it's very, very clear. But the big thing, of course, is when those misses come at big moments, how, how those rebounds come off, and how the Magic you know, respond after those misses. And yes, Fournier had some maybe momentum or run-killing misses or had, run, had shots that were easily rebounded and started fast breaks, and, and those cannot happen. And it's, it's been a struggle for Fournier. Um, there's no doubt about it. Um, there's no other way to say it. He has not been what the Magic need. And it, again, it's not necessarily the reason the Magic are losing, but it is a reason why the Magic are not winning. Orlando needs Evan Fournier. You know, you can say what you want about him for the offseason, and certainly there is a lot to say that we will get to um, once the season is over. But the Magic today need Evan Fournier. And of course, he is not delivering. And that is disappointing. It's frustrating. Fournier, again, admits he is frustrated by it too. The Magic really have no other choice but to trust him. I, I, I would like to see Evan maybe take fewer of those runners, be looking to pass, which he has greatly improved on as a passer. It's still not his instinct. It's still not what, you know, maybe he's best at. Though when he's driving, he needs to be thinking pass. He can't be thinking to, to shoot those little runners and floaters that, that he sometimes likes. Um, I'd be looking for more standstill shots, you know, whether mid-range jumpers or three-pointers as my shot opportunities and shot and, and my shot selection. Um, but otherwise, Fournier's, Fournier's got to be a little bit smarter with, smarter with the shot selection, especially knowing the moment and knowing the rhythm of the game, especially when he is not in rhythm. If he's in rhythm and he's confident, shoot it. You know, again, you don't want to you don't want to tell a guy not to shoot, but he very clearly knows that he doesn't quite have his legs under him or have the rhythm that he needs to be effective. And and, and that's again, that's that's playing out here uh, on the floor. Um, again, the Magic need more from Evan Fournier. That's it's that's the bottom line. I mean, those three threes that he hit in the fourth quarter of game one, I truly believe those won the game for the Orlando Magic. Um, and so that trust has been rewarded before. You go back and look at the regular season, he has had a fantastic regular season. He had a career season this year. He has been one of the most reliable players for the Magic all year. He's probably the most reliable player for the Magic all year. It is strange to see him struggling this much in, since the season resumed. Um, it is strange to see him struggle this much in the playoffs because, you know, the Bucks are defending him hard. You know, they're, they're certainly Chris Middleton has done a good job on him and that's a tough matchup for Fournier. But they're not doing anything particularly special. I mean, this is a lot of just Fournier needs to be better, needs to be more efficient, needs to be smarter, um, just needs to make shots. Um, it's it's really that simple. And, and unfortunately, um, that's you know that's that's kind of where things are at. Orlando shot forty one point four percent from the floor, eighteen for forty five from beyond the arc, sixteen of twenty from the foul line. They have twenty six assists on thirty six field goal makes, which is a good number. Sixteen turnovers though, leading to seventeen Milwaukee points. Orlando though does a really good job on the Bucks defensively. Yes, Milwaukee shoots forty nine and a half percent from the floor. Yes, Milwaukee makes seventeen of forty one threes, which was a problem. The three point shooting was a problem. Eighteen two run in the fourth quarter. Milwaukee outscores Orlando thirty seven twenty five. But but. Just nine fast break points for the Bucks. The keys to the game, 17 second chance points for Milwaukee, and yes, all those three-pointers. Wes Matthews hit four. Chris Middleton hit four. Again, all uh, three of those in the fourth quarter. Um, Kyle Korver uh, hit two. Marvin Williams hit two. Those were the back breakers. Orlando did a good job defensively in this game for the most part. Held Giannis Antetokounmpo, 31 points. That's about his average. 15 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 turnovers. Felt like he had a lot more than 2 turnovers. 14 for 21 from the floor, 1 for 5 from deep. Orla- Again, every time Giannis takes a jumper, that's a win for the defense. Orlando did generally a good job on Giannis. They kept him kind of in check. They made him make decisions. They made him turn. They made him 
really kind of struggled a little bit with Orlando's defense again. It was a good, good showing, but he was able to kick it out to the three-point line. Orlando was left scrambling, and they had some good defensive possessions. But Milwaukee was able to find open guys, and they were able to hit, hit threes. And this turned into a little bit of a three-point battle. And, and you know, that's a, that's a game Milwaukee's going to win. But but Orlando did a good job kind of forcing them to scramble and rotate. And, and Orlando Orlando was there. I mean, I think they, they did a really good job. But again, eventually come, come and, it bit, and bit them. You know, again, fourth quarter, 18-2 run. A lot of that was built on three-pointers. You know, Chris Middleton hitting three. Kyle Korver hit one in there. Um, I believe George Hill hit one. Um, you know they 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 hit a they hit a lot of threes to build that lead and build that run and again maybe if one of those were two Orlando could have come back and scored a two two back and things would have been changed but that snowball started rolling down the hill and Orlando could not stop it the Milwaukee Bucks defeat the Orlando Magic one twenty one to one oh six in Game four of their series Game five is Wednesday at four p.m. the Orlando Magic and winner go home as the Bucks lead the series three two one. When the Orlando Magic are eventually eliminated, they'll hop on the bus, head back to the Amway Center, I assume, and uh, prepare to go home. And I'm sure they're, they're looking very much go- to going home. It's probably been a while since they've seen their cars. Um, when you you know when you don't drive your car for a little while, sometimes things get a little. Sometimes things get misplaced. Sometimes things don't work quite as well as you remember it. I mean, the Magic have been in the bubble here for a month and a half almost, so. Um, certainly, certainly, they're going to need to check up their car. And if any of them do want to fix their cars, the best place to go for auto parts is rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop or for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. During this playoff series, I I have been trying very actively to avoid talking about big picture items. To avoid talking about what this series might mean for the team in the offseason, for the team beyond the scope of the season. Because frankly, we are in the playoffs. All that should matter is the playoffs and trying to win the series. That's all that matters. There will be plenty of time to draw conclusions, to say what this means, what, whether whether this player can fit, whether this player can continue to grow. There will be plenty of time 
to draw those conclusions because God knows we don't know when the 2021 season is going to begin. We're looking at February right now. So we'll have plenty of time before the draft in October. And free agency is probably not going to be until late October, early November anyway. So there's going to be a lot of time to get to all of this. But now on the precipice of elimination, on the the, the date of a game that the Magic had a very good chance of winning and let slip through their fingers, I cannot help but think a little bit about what this all means. The one thing that the playoffs does that we saw last year, that we're seeing this year, that that we see every year from every single team, whether they win or lose the championship, we learn the playoffs are where your flaws are exposed. With all the time and attention that each individual matchup gets, coaches are able to pick out specific weaknesses. They're able to load their defense up against everything that you try to do. And you have to find a way to beat it. You have to find a way to succeed even when they know what's coming. And the great teams and the great players find a way to do it. The great teams and the great players make a play when there's none to make. For sure, this is the greatest weakness that the Magic have right now. They don't have that guy. We talked about it during the seeding round. They don't. They, they struggled, it seemed, to raise their collective playoff level. They struggled to reach a higher plane, so to speak, as a group to, to be able to beat the quality teams in this league. It was a major, major concern. It still is. And, of course, this series against the Bucks has only exposed that more. They don't have a Giannis Antetokounmpo. They got a Nikola Vucevic. That, that's been a surprise. And he has stepped up and, you know, largely taken a lot of the shots the Bucs have given them. I, you know, I, I, he's taken advantage of the Bucs for sure. They've started to send some more double and triple teams. They've started to change their defensive coverages to cover him. And he is still pushing through. This has been a star-turning series for Nikola Vucevic because he was back at an all-star level after his injury in November. But this series has exposed a lot more about this team. Yes, there have been injuries. Aaron Gordon's been out with the hamstring. Jonathan Isaacs, of course, has been out with the, with the ACL. Alfred Camino's been out with his knee injury. This is not the team the Magic envisioned. This is not a complete and full team. But a lot still has been exposed nonetheless. We consistently asked this team how they were going to be able to score against quality defenses. How were they going to be able to defend against quality offenses? How were they going to be able to raise their game to another level? How were they going to be able to hit shots? What would happen if they went cold in a playoff series? We've seen this play out during the regular season time and time again. And you can brush off maybe one regular season game as a fluky game. But it happened repeatedly. Nothing we are seeing in this series against the Bucs is anything new. Nothing that's been exposed is anything new. Evan Fournier has been poor, but he forces things sometimes. He takes some bad shots. 
In the regular season, he made a lot of them. But in the playoffs, he struggled. And for a second straight year, he has struggled. Markel Fultz's figure out how to get in the paint and his continuing quest to figure out how to get in the paint has been a big part of the potential success for the Magic, but he struggled with the pressure and the physicality too. He's had to look, he's looked like a rookie a lot of times in this playoff series. Orlando's had to answer every single one of their big questions during this series. They've had to face up against their own weaknesses. Their inability to shoot. Their inability to playmake. Their inability to score consistently. Their lack of a, frankly, elite defender. And yeah, Jonathan Isaac's not playing and Aaron Gordon's out too. That's that's part of the problem. Their lack of playmakers on both ends of the ball. The Magic are indeed a very nice team. They play hard. They mean well. They try to do things with good intention. But their margin for error is so small that when they don't do a lot of these things, they falter. They crumble. Orlando played a heck of a game on Monday. They played exceptionally well. They gave themselves a real chance to win. And in five minutes, that was me snapping. It was gone. The whole thing crumbled. Part of that is depth. Yes, their depth has been stretched thin by injuries, but this team doesn't have enough scores. They don't have enough guys to put the ball in the basket. That defenses respect to put the ball in the basket. They're constantly grinding and climbing uphill. And more than anything else, that is the greatest weakness that this team has shown. They've got some solid players again. We're not debating that. But they're not maybe in the right roles. Or the guys that they come to rely on in the key moments of games to maintain a deficit, to maintain a lead, to get themselves back. Ultimately, the elite teams, the elite defenses, don't have to worry about them. The Magic don't have scoring depth. The Magic don't have, frankly, the depth to to compete in these kinds of games. Not unless everything falls perfectly. Look, it's impossible to ask Nikola Vucevic to play 48 minutes. And some of this is Steve Clifford finding the right combinations or creating a rotation that that ensures that a score is on the floor at all times. But again, right now, can you trust Evan Fournier to be a lead scorer, even on a bench unit? The Magic have a flawed roster. We have known and recognized that from the beginning. But in Game 4, the most important game of the season, a chance to tie the series with it during a game that the Magic played probably their absolute best, certainly one of the best games of the series. Game that the Bucks didn't even play that poorly in. The Magic played well, the Bucks played well, and the Magic had a chance to win, win entering the fourth quarter. The Magic were still unable to answer these questions. They were still unable to stand up. I don't have the answer to how the Magic solved these problems yet, and that's something we will dive deeper into once the series is over. But for sure, one way or another, Jeff Weltman needs to start answering these questions. 
The Magic have had a better playoff showing objectively or subjectively. Those are opposites. It's one or the other. Um, The Magic have had a better playoff showing, in my opinion, this year than they did last year. They have shown growth in that sense. But ultimately, that's not the growth we need to see. That's not the next step that needs to happen. And the Magic can't stand still much longer. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune on Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me there on Twitter, of course, at omagicdaily. We'll be back again tomorrow to preview Game 5 of the series between the Orlando Magic and the Milwaukee Bucks. That game tips off Wednesday at 4 p.m. We'll have complete coverage of that game on Wednesday, on Thursday's episode of Locked on Magic. So until tomorrow, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.